Hello loves, I'm Lee Nix, and this is A Memory of Malice. Hello everyone, I'm giving you a mini-sode today. I had this case planned for the episode after this week's, but the case I wanted to do isn't ready yet. I fell down a research rabbit hole, and it's taking me longer than I thought to cover everything. So our case today is the case of Tracy Onawa Jones, often incorrectly referred to as the case of Tracy Owana Jones, but her obituary and an alleged friend online both refer to her as Onawa, so that's what we're going with. Thank you to YouTube user Nate Thornton for the request. This case is unsolved, and I know there are some listeners who really dislike those. But unsolved cases are important to cover, so I'm going to keep it up. So, let's begin. I wish I knew more about Tracy, but here's what I've got. Tracy was born in San Bernardino, California on September 28, 1987, to Meyer Jones and Catherine Barbour. At some point in her life, she moved to Oregon. She didn't seem to thrive in high school. She attended West Albany High School and Corvallis High School. But she would still drop out. That's not a lot of biographical information, and I'm sorry. This case happened nearly 20 years ago, and it never really got a lot of media attention. These crimes, where the victim is a vulnerable woman and the perpetrator is unknown, get less press and media attention. It's a shame because cases like these need it most. Tracy wanted to see the world. Most 19-year-olds do. So she joined up with this company that sold magazines across the country. Her boss in this company was also her boyfriend. And I'm not certain if that happened before or after she signed up. Whether she had this man as a boyfriend and joined up because of that, or she joined up and then he became her boyfriend. Notice that I said man. Robert Blair was 29 at the time he was dating Tracy. I don't have the right to judge their relationship, but I'm not going to lie to you. My knee-jerk reaction to that age gap was not good. A 19-year-old girl in a relationship with her boss, traveling across the country, and he's 10 years older than her? That feels predatory. Whatever my feelings about the status of their relationship, it seems he was cleared from suspicion in the crime. Still, I think it's fair to say that Tracy was in a vulnerable position during this trip. Constantly being dropped off in new places, not having her own transport, and just the inherent danger of being a young woman alone. It certainly doesn't help that her usual clientele was a transient one. She'd be left at gas stations or truck stops, which makes sense from a sales standpoint but means that she was in contact with a large number of people who were strange to her, and also strange to the area. A lot of Tracy's customers were truckers. Truckers tend to get a bad rap, which isn't fair. Just like any group of people, some people do bad things, and some people do good things. But the problem in cases like these is that their job makes them very mobile. It's hard to find witnesses or suspects when they're halfway across the country. Tracy would also habitually get into truckers' cabs to take their magazine orders. In hindsight, we can see that this is really dangerous, but she probably wasn't even thinking about her safety. 
She wanted to make a sale. Even though Tracy had taken this job to get out into the world and go her own way, she kept in contact with her mom and sister. She was quite homesick. She missed her family. Even with that, she wanted to be responsible and finish her job before heading home. On November 15, 2006, Blair dropped Tracy off at the Pilot Truck Stop and Petro Shopping Center in North Little Rock, Arkansas. I went googling, and this could possibly be the one on Valentine Road, but don't take that as gospel. She'd sold magazines at this truck stop before, so it was at least vaguely familiar to her, and she might have felt safe. Nevertheless, Tracy disappeared. The next bit of this story is confusing. The source I read said that the family was told that Tracy was missing on the 16th, but never said who had told them. I assume it was Blair, since he didn't report Tracy missing until the 17th, so the police couldn't have informed them. It felt really strange that it took two days to report her missing, but then I remembered that a lot of police won't let you put in a missing persons report until 48 hours have passed. That's bullshit, by the way. For cases like this one, that rule kills people. If someone you love goes missing, fight as hard as you can to get them to take a missing persons report as soon as possible. Unfortunately, even when they took the report, the police didn't take the case seriously. They told the family they thought that she'd run away. I doubt they did anything much with the case. Which was a mistake. On November 26, 2006, a body was found by the side of the road in a lightly wooded area in Memphis, Tennessee. This was the body of 19-year-old Tracy Onawa Jones. She had been bound and stabbed multiple times about the head and body. As to the further condition of the body, I couldn't find sourced information. Either the media wrote articles but removed them from the web, and they weren't on the Wayback Machine or they never wrote them to begin with. There was a Reddit post from someone who says they were a friend of Tracy's that gave some information, but I can't back any of it up. I referred to this poster as an alleged friend in the intro, but I don't mean that in any insulting way. I just can't prove the assertion, so I want to cover my bases. I'll share this poster's information but please remember that these details may not be correct. There's no way for me to check the accuracy of a Reddit poster like I would a media outlet. This person said DNA samples were found on the body. I don't know if these are distinct DNA samples or the same profile found in separate places on the body. According to this poster, Tracy had been assaulted, and that her actual cause of death was blunt force trauma, distinct from the stab wounds she had received. They also mentioned that there were signs she had been held captive for a time. The FBI took over Tracy's case because she was transported across state lines. Annoyingly, they have her listed by the incorrect name online, Tracy Owana Jones instead of Tracy Onawa Jones. This is probably where most people started incorrectly naming her. But I was able to find her obituary, and her name is Onawa according to that source. VICAP, or the Violent Criminal Apprehension Program, had compiled nearly 750 homicides that occurred near U.S. highways as of 2016. 
As an FBI blog post on highway serial killings wrote, these crimes can be really hard to investigate because a victim can be picked up in one state and then left in another, where they may never have been and no one knows them. This makes highway serial killers really hard to catch. Most of these crimes are probably perpetrated by long-haul truckers, and it's likely that Tracy's death is one of them. The victims of highway serial killings are largely sex workers, and their behavior has a lot in common with Tracy's. I don't mean to imply that Tracy had done sex work. There's no evidence of this. Rather, sex workers would also get into the cabs of strange men, willingly putting themselves in a very vulnerable position, just like Tracy. I'm not victim-blaming, by the way. Both sex workers and Tracy Jones were doing their respective jobs. You should be able to exist without constantly worrying whether every person is out to kill you or injure you. And if someone breaks that trust, it's because they're a predator. I'm just pointing out that Tracy fits the victim profile that these serial killers exploit. There really doesn't seem to be much evidence in this case that I can confirm. An FBI agent named Jerry Spurgers mentioned a paper receipt in one soundbite, so they might be looking into one of those. Other than that, I've got nothing. The FBI is offering a $25,000 reward in this case. If you were a trucker or are traveling near the Petro Shopping Center in North Little Rock, Arkansas, on November 15, 2006, you might have seen something. I know that's a long time ago, but you could help solve a crime. Tracy was wearing a dark blue Georgia Tech hoodie, jeans, and white tennis shoes. If you know anything, please contact your local FBI field office. I'll put a link in the details for you, just in case. I truly believe this case can be solved if we get the word out to enough people. Let's try to give some closure to Tracy's mom and sister. They've waited long enough. That's the end of that case. My next episode, hopefully my next episode, is a solved case, so anyone who prefers those should be happy. At least, it's officially solved? It's got poison, and war crimes, and it's pretty fascinating. See if you can guess the case in the YouTube comments or on my social media. Please like, subscribe, follow, comment, rate. Whatever platform you're listening to this on, please take a second and click those shiny buttons. It helps me out a lot with that darn algorithm. And if you'd like to support me monetarily, I have a Ko-fi and a Patreon. My Patreon subscribers get perks, including their name at the end of the YouTube versions of these episodes, which is up right now. All my links are in my link tree in the details. Thank you for listening, stay safe, and stay hydrated. <laughs>